able to go with her. We're going to continue today with a series that Ron has been preaching. Ron and Stacey are on vacation, by the way, so keep them in your prayers uh, as they enjoy a week off. But uh, we're going to continue the series that he's been preaching on um, about I am, the words of Jesus when he said I am and all the different connotations and things that he said that go along with that. Well, um, this week it's I am the resurrection and the life. And, and, and in getting ready for it, I come across this, this song kept coming to my mind. Uh, it's a Reba McIntyre song of Is There Life Out There? Now, I had big plans because, you know, it, for one, I could sing it because I got the twang that Reba has. So I thought I can come out and sing it. But then I'd take the chance that you would get up and leave. So I, I, I nixed that. And then I thought, you know, we'll just play the video of her singing it. And then I really didn't want to get your emails this week of following that worship with a country music song. So I nixed that idea as well. But in 1999, Reba McIntyre came out with a song that's about a mother's sacrifice. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a mom. and It, it refers to uh, the sacrifices that any mom really you know, but um, that a mom will make for her family. A mom sacrifices a lot, right? A mom will sacrifice her dreams. A mom will sacrifice her plans for the sake and the well-being of her family. And the mom in this song longs for something more of life. And throughout the song, it raises a fundamental question about life. And, and that question is, is there more to life or is this it? The chorus of the song goes like this. Is there life out there? So much she hasn't done. Is there life beyond her family and her home? She's done what she should. Should she do what she dares? She doesn't want to leave. She's just wondering. Is there life out there? So our big idea today, the big question, the key question is this. Is there life out there? William Shakespeare has a quote in Macbeth that says this about life. Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. What a completely dismal view of life. But it does help us to raise the question that we have in front of us today, is there life out there? So today what I want to do is I want to explore that question with you, and I hope by the end of our time today that we will have answered that and answered it with the truth from God's word. So the first thing and the first point, if you're taking notes or following the outline, is this. There is more to life than merely being alive. Life should be more than just a pulse. Life should be more than just a steady breathing. But unfortunately, to a lot of people, that's all it is. Well, why would that be? Because there's a lot of people out there who have no real meaning in life. There's a lot of people who are living a life without purpose, without direction. And they merely drift from one thing to another, trying to find where they fit, again, without any direction or any drive to their life. They are alive physically, but they're dead inside. And I think, church, 
that we need to be there and be a place of help. I want to share with you some statistics from the latest Gallup poll. In the latest Gallup poll, church membership fell below the majority for the first time in our country's history. Meaning, the majority, it fell below 50% of the population for the first time in our history. In the latest Gallup poll, only 47% of Americans say they belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. Now, to put that in perspective, that is down from 70% at the turn of the century, the year 2000. So in 23 years, church membership has dropped 23%. Listen to this. Over 70% of Americans believe that churches today are not effective in helping people find the meaning of life. Mm. You see, far too many people are trying to fill their lives with stuff. And stuff brings nothing more than fleeting joy and maybe minor hope. But people are trying to fill their lives with something, even if it's the wrong thing. Because, you see, deep down, people want to belong to something. People want to be accepted by others. And they will go to extremes in order to be accepted. That's why we have so many gangs and things in this world. Because those gangs will accept them for who they are and what they're about. And so we have people who are filling their lives with pleasure. Most of them trying to find pleasure through things like drugs, alcohol, immoral sex. Pornography is at an all-time high. People are trying to fill their lives with relationships, but they go to two extremes. One of two extremes. They either have a large number of temporary relationships or they hone in on a circle of friends and become so cliquish that they never reach out in order to have relationships and help other people in their surroundings. People try to fill their lives with material things. They're constantly searching for the bigger house, the faster car, the newest gadgets. When I grew up, there used to be a bumper sticker. I don't know if it's still around or not, but there used to be a bunk, bumper sticker that said, the one with the most toys wins. People even try to fill their lives with religion. They're constantly trying to live by some set code of rules or regulations, but without any kind of relationship with God. And all they're doing is trying to fill their lives with a feeling a God feeling that they have in their lives. And instead of having a relationship with a God who wants to walk with us and talk with us and be with us in every aspect of our lives, every second of the day, they have a God that they put up on a shelf and they only go to him whenever they're in trouble or whenever circumstances are are bothering them and they want their little God on the shelf to bail them out of some situation. But they don't have that true relationship with God in their lives. 
So we search for meaning and purpose in so many places, in so many things, and in so many ways. Is it any wonder that there are a bunch of people, maybe some of you today, who simply ask the question, is there life out there? The second thing I want to share with you is this. Life is a gift. Life is a gift. God himself has given us life. Life is a gift from the creator of the universe. And we need to view it as a gift. Because every single moment of this life is precious. And every new day that we are given is a blessing from God. Here's the problem. We take life for granted. Life needs to be well spent. And I think most of us would agree with that statement. That life needs to be well spent. But few of us on a daily basis believe that this could very well be the last day of our lives. We need to start living like there is no tomorrow on this earth. We need to start living a life that we need to change our priorities of what we find important on a day-to-day -day basis and start living a life in a relationship with Christ who does want to walk with us and talk with us and guide us. But here's the deal. We all come from an equal playing field. We, we all have a common problem. It's the same problem. It's this. We're all sinners. We have a common problem in that we will all die from this life. It's going to happen. Because of the fall of humanity, God didn't set it up that way. The creator created us in his image, in his likeness, in the Garden of Eden, a perfect place, so that he could have fellowship, so he could have a relationship with human people. But sin, because of sin, we're a fallen humanity. Sin is the ultimate leveler of life. It results in destruction of our bodies. And it, the destruction of life can, if you allow it, steal your purpose and steal the meaning that you are put here on this earth, in this life, to live. Every person is in the process of our bodies decaying. It's a cell, cellular decay that's going to happen to everybody that will eventually lead to this shell being destroyed. And again, that wasn't God's plan for life. But the grim reality of this is that we are living to die while so many people out there are dying to live. And so that bears the question. Is there life out there? And the third point is this. Without the shadow of a doubt, there is life out there. Our scripture today comes from John 
chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. It's the words of Jesus himself. Jesus is talking to Martha as he's on his way to the home of Lazarus, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Lazarus has died. Martha comes out to meet Jesus. Obviously, she's not in the best of emotions at the time, and she is questioning Jesus. She's questioning Jesus about her brother Lazarus. And his answer is this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this, Martha? And today he's asking us the same question. Do you believe this? Because understand this. You are God's masterpiece. In all of creation, you're God's masterpiece. I, I love this past week with everybody being on fall break, so many pictures posted uh, pictures of people in the mountains and the, and the sun coming up or going down in the mountains or people that are on the beach and the same thing, beautiful sunny day with the sun coming up or going down at the beach. And, and the simple fact of the matter is, is God made all of that, all of that beauty to which he said it is good. And then he made humans. He made you and me and sat back and said, it is very good. Very good. He's created you as the highest of all creation. His masterpiece. And the simple matter of fact is that God loves you. As the highest of all his creation... He wants you to know and understand that he made you. Your purpose is to have a relationship with him. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be with you every second of every day. And so because of that and because of the fallen life, God gave us the opportunity for new life. So that we don't have to die eternally. What a plan. However, that new life that comes from free grace had a big price. God loves you so much. His great is so high for you that he sacrificed his son in order to solve your sin problem. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news. So what are the requirements? I I mean really, I mean how do I sign up, right? What are the requirements of this new life? Jesus told us himself in Mark 16, 16, when he said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Meaning, will live forever with me in eternity. 
Peter supported that in, in the book of Acts when, when, when all of the masses of people asked Peter, what must we do in order to be saved? And in Acts 2, 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Those are the requirements. Believe, repent, and be baptized. So if those are the requirements, what are the results? We will live forever. We get to live forever because there is life out there. The physical life will end and we will enter into a new life. An eternal life. A life that will be spent in heaven in a perfect place, in a prepared place, in a real paradise with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for eternity. Now I want you to get this, because this is sometimes overlooked. God not only provides eternal life, but he also provides a new life in the here and now. A new meaning, a new purpose to list to this life as well. Jesus has promised that he came so that we could experience life abundantly. He came so that we could experience life meant to be in its fullness and a life of joy and abundance. Many of you have probably never heard of Daniel Rohrbaugh. And that's a shame because he's a modern day hero. Daniel Rohrbaugh attended Columbine High School. And he was present on that dreaded day, that horrible day, when two students went on a rampage of violence and terror. And Daniel was a student. And Daniel was making his escape when he stopped his escape from the building to hold the door open so that other students could quickly get out and be safe. And while Daniel was holding that door, he was killed, shot, holding the door. Daniel died helping others have a chance at new life. Today, today, Right now, in this moment, Jesus is at the door. Just let your mind go to that picture for a moment. Jesus at the door. The creator, the God of the universe, Jesus himself, standing humbly, and patiently at the door. And then hear these words from Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. 
You see, Jesus sacrificed himself to hold the door open to new life. And the good news today is there is life out there. Do you want it? Are you sure you have it? Because new life will cost you all that you are right now, but it will take you to all that you are meant to become through Christ Jesus. I want to ask the worship team to go ahead and come up. You may be sitting out there right now, and, and, and maybe you have doubts. Maybe you have a lot of questions. Maybe you still don't have a full understanding. What I want you to know and understand right now is that's okay. That's okay. Jesus responded to Martha's faith in spite of her doubts. Martha had questions. Martha had doubts. But when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life... And at the end of it, he said, Martha, do you believe this? She said, yes. I believe you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So you see, he responded to her faith in him in spite of the doubts. And I love this. Jesus wanted Martha to know that the resurrection wasn't just an event. It's also a person. It's a person. He said, I am the resurrection. You want new life? You want meaning? You want purpose? Jesus is inviting you into a relationship with him to give you that. Because he is the resurrection. I also like the fact that Jesus said all of that in the present tense. He said, like, whoever lives, whoever believes in me. And what that tells me, and hopefully you this morning, is that Jesus is a right now deliverer. Not just a future thing. He's a life changer right now. He's a life giver right now. And he's offering the invitation to each and every one of you right now to come into a relationship with him. I'm going to ask that you stand and I'm going to pray. And part of my prayer is that if there's anyone here this morning that has has an experience that relationship with Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that you accept the invitation this morning. Let this be your new day. Let this be your new life. Let this be the time in your life where you are a new creation and that you know without the shadow of a doubt that although your body might die, your life will never, who you are will never die. And you'll get to live it out in eternity with your Lord and Savior.
And maybe you've done that and maybe you go back to the part where your priorities have just really been messed up and maybe you're still searching for some purpose and meaning in life through those material things or other means or whatever. Or maybe you just are so busy that you just go throughout your day and, and you're, really not, you're really not living out the life that God called you to live out. You know, maybe there are people in your life, your, your friends, your, even your family members that you know are out there who haven't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, and you're going to take time each and every day. You're going to take time to watch your football game this afternoon and go to your party and go do the... And, and there's people out there on a direct road to hell that you need to talk to. Maybe that's you today and you just need to reprioritize the things that are important in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're... You're looking for a church family. We would love to have you join us here at East Columbus Christian Church as well. This is what I know. Everyone in here today has a decision to make. Because we're all not living our fullest life. We're all not living out what God has in store for us and what he has, has promised us to be able to live that life of joy and abundance. So if that's, if that's where you're at today, just pray to change your priorities. But if you need to give your life to Christ, we pray you do that today as well. Would you pray with me?